What's up, QAA listeners? The fun games have begun. I found a way to connect to the internet. I'm sorry, boy. Welcome, listener, to Premium Chapter 214 of the QAnon Anonymous Podcast, the Judge Dread Justice Warrior episode. As always, we are your hosts, Jake Rakotansky and Julian Field. And this week, we've got some very special guests, Matt Bors and Ben Clarkson. They recently released a collected edition of their comic book series, Justice Warriors, which is pretty hard to describe. I recently consumed it and I found it to be amazing, really like vicious and very dark humor, absolutely unhinged in, in the greatest way. It's a dystopian tale set in kind of a cyberpunk future. There's mutants, including a sentient piece of shit. There's astrology, a lot of astrology, which is cool. Ultraviolent police force and uh, super cool social media platforms that everyone enjoys using. <laughs> and like, I really do, I recommend people pick up a copy because it is it is a piece of art and it is uh, brilliantly demented. So I'll include a link in the episode description. Matt, Ben, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us on. This is great. It's a pleasure to be here. Actually, I do have to say uh, this podcast was hugely influential in my part of the writing of the series. So it's uh, hugely pleasurable to be here. Oh, you got to be kidding me. That's like a huge honor. Thank you. Well, as you can see in the, uh, you know, the story of Justice Warriors, conspiracy and online hysteria really kind of drives a lot of the uh, social movement and the plot. Yeah, it's it's kind of like unexpected. I mean, when people recommend me um, comic book that's like kind of a comedy, I'm always a little bit dubious. I'm sure. always like, oh, is this, you know, is this going to be funny, you know? But this this is, it is funny, obviously. There's moments of like fun and laughter, but it always feels bad in, a, in an incredible way. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it is perfect. It's like kind of, it carries the poison of our era deep into the future. And yeah, so we're going to be talking about, you know, as well, 1995 Sylvester Stallone vehicle Judge Dredd, which was the original movie adaptation of uh, Judge Dredd. And so it's a bit of a movie night, I guess. And that comic book series ranges back to the 70s. So it's like really, it's been going for a long time. And I wanted to ask, like, before we kind of get into Justice Warriors, could you kind of explain why you have every single Dredd comic behind you on the wall and then also like would you say it was a source of inspiration for justice warriors so yeah i'm a uh judge red freak i don't even have all the volumes because there's there's so many but i'll probably read them all eventually so for people who can't see behind me i mean i got my bookshelf and the entire top two rows are just judge dread case files and related stuff just tomes and tomes of dread yeah you know i haven't actually been into the comic book since i was a kid but i did watch judge dread as a kid and that was influential on me as along with a ton of other futuristic dystopia cyberpunk type things i've always loved that stuff and i don't know when it was but definitely a couple years ago i just started getting into dread and reading it a ton and it is influential on justice warriors it's like the thing that it gets compared to a lot but I wouldn't say that it was foundational to it because Ben really developed this world uh, independently and then came to me. So all the main characters in the, the conceit of Bubble City and the surrounding uh, uninhabited zone slum where all the mutants live is, um, is Ben. 
And Ben is less. <laughs> I don't think Ben read any uh, Dread comics before we got together. I had never read Dread, but I had seen the movie in like 1995. <laughs> and I remember thinking as an adult, wouldn't it be great if that movie was a satire? <laughs> yeah, that's it. I mean, it is. I mean, we'll get into it, but it is as if Verhoeven didn't understand, like didn't want to make satire or something. The movie, at least. Yeah. Like, Matt, do you think that in the comic they were aware, like at any point in the run or maybe the whole run, that it was like a deeper satire so they weren't just casting dread as a superhero or hero no 100 the comic is intended as a satire it starts out as kind of based on you know it's the late 70s and it's based on the lawman of the future concept basically it's like what if dirty harry was a super cop in the future the first few episodes or whatever you want to call them issues are kind of off from what it becomes and then it quickly becomes the judge dread you know and john wagner was the co-creator he's the head writer on it uh him and alan grant and they wrote i don't know a decade or two of dread just by themselves yeah. every week and you know it's it's just funny stuff about what if a cop was so devoted to the concept of the law that it mm -hmm. led to like all this sort of wacky stuff it's not just like executing criminals all the time like it like yeah. kind of in the movie it's a lot more funny and self-aware it does get serious at times and they deal like more explicitly with fascism as time goes on like wagner does a little like a couple more serious arcs the most famous one is america and that's where like dread is explicitly portrayed as a fascist but then he also saves the city from destruction you know yeah number yeah, of yeah. times and it, it's a it's a genre comic right there's like adventure stories there's uh procedurals there's serial killers yeah. there's uh cataclysmic events that uh, threaten mm -hmm. to destroy the city and all that there's a recurring dinosaur character yeah <laughs> okay sure really what kind of dinosaur what kind of dinosaur like a t-rex oh, what's the t-rex name there we go what's his name oh, again yeah. i should i should just grab a random book Flip to a page, Matt, and tell us what you see. Okay. <laughs> this will work. Okay, we got um, Dread is on a... I just opened to a random page in uh, Case Files 4. Dread is on a spaceship, and he's searching for Judge Child, of course. And he's uh, looks like he's en route for Xanadu, and they're interrupt interrupted by a sinister intergalactic salesman. So he, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I mean... Yeah. That's why I love Dread and have all the books on my shelf because yeah. it rules. It's is this intergalactic salesman trying to, trying to pitch him audacity? <laughs> <laughs> the podcast recording equipment of yeah. uh, choice here. Very easy to download. Very easy to record. Yeah. But that, that makes sense, you know, that, that over like a couple of decades, you'd have obviously all, all the kind of comic book stuff where they're resetting or they're doing, you know, like expanding the world. But at its core, I mean, there's an element of Starship Troopers where you can still support the main cast. Like you can still like want yeah. them to win against the bugs and understand that what you're watching is is like a, a demented parody of fascism, essentially. Yeah, I think that's exactly it. That is interesting because, yeah, you know, I, I think that that is something that carries over into into Justice Warriors is that feeling of like you're kind of I mean actually this strains that right I think you guys are more willing to make your main characters absolute degenerates in a way where it's not possible to think of them as heroes but it also <laughs> still somehow works where you do kind of you understand like what they're going through because they're obviously like pawns in this much larger insane and terrible system but they truly are disgusting and uh, are committing like hyper violence all the time and I mean there was this line like very early on where 
where the rookie sentient shit cop uh, called Officer Shit, but spelled with, you know, a bit more German, where he goes, I like that and I would do that again, like after killing someone. <laughs> he, ventilates, he ventilates someone and just looks and goes, I am willing to do that again. <laughs> yeah, the the vibes that I got when I was reading through through the first issue is that same like coziness that I had playing like a LucasArts like demented point and click like Sam and Max or like something like that like from like the early 90s like it has that really kind of like irreverent sort of tone which which is also you know I think supposed to be what dread was going for and we'll once we get into the movie like we'll see that there there is a major conflict and you can kind of tell in the movie between what the director Danny Cannon wanted to portray as as a huge fan of the original dread comic series and what Sylvester Stallone thought it was about <laughs> having never read the comics he's awesome that is so awesome that they're like please please Sylvester can you just crack it open it's a comic book it's got lots of drawings and he's like no I am the movie. He was so perfect for the part too. Oh, he's yeah. so good. He's so good at he it. He has yeah, the presence for yes. that part. You know, just to because Dread is a character who sort of belts these uh, one-liners out, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, like I am the law, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, like there'll be some absurd thing in the comic, and especially in like the seventies and eighties, and like the kicker is always like the last panel, and he's hauling him off to jail, and he'll make some kind of uh, you know, courts adjourned, punk or whatever. <laughs> yes. and it, it'll be like a destitute family or whatever who crossed who do jaywalked and he's like that's 20 yeah. years and you know like here here yeah. here do the long walk to prison it's stuff like that and then you're like okay yeah. stallone can deliver well and they actually funny enough they they capture that better i think in the reboot the the 2012 yes, they do. yeah carl urban does a great job that's why we decided to only cover the bad one. Oh, of course. Yeah, we don't want to give you anything good. No, we don't like to have fun. First, you don't deserve it. Second of all, it's not as funny. But there's like a great, there's that great scene where they're walking into the apartment complex and he sees like, you know, a, a, a homeless guy sitting and he's like, he's like, that's yeah, five, he's like, that's five years. You better be gone when I get back. And like, he comes back out and the like, the homeless guy's still there. And he's like, I told you, man. All right, that's five years right there. Like, you get a little bit more of that than I think you do in the Stallone version there's not a ton of satire in it except we're maybe not, we're not jumping into the movie yet my brother I don't okay, know why you're fine. you're trending that way very quickly I must punish you immediately it's all I know listen Jake I am the podcast <laughs> I am the podcast <laughs> You have been listening to a sample of a premium episode of QAnon Anonymous. We don't run any advertising on the show, and we'd like to keep it that way. For five bucks a month, you'll get access to this episode, a new one each week, and our entire library of premium episodes. So head on over to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and subscribe. Thank you. Thanks. I love you. Jake loves you. (laughs) 